Loving God, may the words that flow from my mouth be inspired by your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that was a pretty epic gospel, wasn't it? I actually did have the option of cutting the gospel at the end of verse 8 before the hard, challenging bits about leaving money and possessions behind, expecting not to be welcomed, Sodom and Gomorrah-like judgment, being in the midst of wolves, being handed over and flogged, dragged before the authorities, brother betraying brother, fathers betraying their children, children rising against parents, being hated, persecuted and forced to flee. Surely we could have done without all of that. There's enough of that sort of thing on the news, which is why I included those extra verses. As attractive as it is to find escapism at this time, to reach for our remotes and find some way of blocking out the reality we're living in. Well, actually, ironically, mindless reality TV and documentaries of real events are the things that I've found myself drawn to uh, recently. I can't imagine a world in which I would have watched a show like The Tiger King prior to these times. We can't escape that the world we find ourselves living in is oppressive, unjust, and really hard to deal with at times. We can try and convince ourselves that we don't really have a problem with racism in Australia anymore, and that COVID-19 really isn't that bad, and it's no worse than any flu. Just because I don't think I'm racist isn't good enough as an excuse for the obvious disparity and oppression and injustice within Australia and across the world. As I'm writing these words, globally over 7 million have been diagnosed with COVID-19 and over 400,000 have died. To put that into perspective, even though we're feeling blessed at the moment in Australia, those numbers equate to more than a quarter of our country coming down with the disease and more than half of the Gold Coast losing their lives. Just because we're okay doesn't mean others are. It's hard out there economically at the moment. We are in recession. Preaching the pre-recorded message last Sunday, we are not returning to normal. I was given a real-time stark reminder of that during the stream of our 7.30am service. An elderly man with dementia found his way into our church. He had no ID and couldn't remember where he lived or where he was supposed to be. After initially thinking to myself, he can't come in because he's not registered. One of our wardens sat with him while I spent most of the service on hold to our local police station. In the end, we called triple zero and they came in between the services. And we were able to use their amazing database to find that he did have a daughter. We called her, or the police called her, and she left to collect him. While I had the equally jarring realisation later that what church is supposed to be in terms of sanctuary, compassion and care is so much harder at the moment. It was the conversation with one of the officers that was initially quite profound. During the chat, one of the officers said to me, 
I'm not religious at all, but do you think that what's going on in the world at the moment has got anything to do with end times? I mean, there's definitely an increase in war, conflict and pestilence. My answer is probably a whole other sermon. But it struck me, if someone from outside the church, who's actually probably more religious than he realised, could question the signs of the times, what are followers of Jesus doing? Are we hanging on in our holy huddles, convincing ourselves that soon enough we can get back to normal, escaping into a God-is-on-our-side mindset? We are blessed, so it will work out in the okay, in the end, um, type of theology. Or are we actually actively out there bringing God's kingdom to come? Or at the very least, preparing and equipping ourselves to be used by God for kingdom purposes? Before you think, OMG, Stuart's gone off the deep end, I'm not for one moment suggesting the uprising of a militant church that's going to overthrow the established order. Rather, I'm suggesting that we should be paying closer attention to what Jesus did and what mission he sent his followers to. It's a different type of militant than what you might first imagine, but militant nonetheless. In the Book of Common Prayer, we used to pray at the beginning of our prayers of intercession, let us pray for the whole state of Christ's church militant here in earth. But are we still praying that way? Because as I was sitting on hold last Sunday, I didn't feel very militant or effective. First and foremost, we have to recognise that we are in oppressive times. It's not helpful to pretend it's not hard. Escapism is not the answer. It's certainly not the Tiger King. When hardships come, it does force us to consider what we need to build upon. And as a follower of Jesus, we simply need to build our lives on Jesus. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus' followers include the original audience as well as us. We are expected to resemble Jesus in word and deed, to be sent by Jesus, in some sense, is to be sent as Jesus. It's natural to respond to that with a sense, well, we can never be Jesus. He's the Messiah after all. We have enough problems when we think that we can save ourselves without thinking we can actually be Jesus. But Matthew doesn't hold back from reminding us that master and apprentice, while clearly different in their roles, inevitably bear a resemblance to one another. A good teacher should be recognisable in their student as much as a master craftsman should be evident in the work of an apprentice. As Jesus clarifies in the following section, it is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. As we pick up today's passage, Jesus is in the thick of fulfilling his mission, preaching, teaching, healing, when he inducts and commissions his disciples into the same vocation. 
Last week, we spent time in the Great Commission. And it's helpful to, helpful to use the same lens to look at today's passage and the disciples' first mission. Matthew highlights Jesus' compassion as he looks to the crowds for his sheep, reminding us of this foundation of Jesus' mission. But then he brings a different image. The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into the harvest. With Jesus' compassion comes a sense of urgency. It is time for radical action, not just from his efforts alone. So he gives the disciples authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. You can't miss the almost exact mirror image of the words used to describe Jesus' work. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching and proclaiming and curing every disease and every sickness. Matthew then introduces the twelve by name in a sense that they are not just their names. They are also this mission. We see throughout Scripture, and we've been powerfully reminded recently by the Black Lives Matter movement, that naming someone reveals their identity. As he names his disciples, we recognise that part of Jesus' own mission is to train followers to join the purposes for which the Father sent Jesus. In John's Gospel, Jesus says, As the Father sent me, so I send you. And we're left with no doubt of who these 12 men are. They are defined by their participation in the ongoing movement of the kingdom of God in the world. As the disciples are reminded of who they are, being inseparable from their call to be part of God's kingdom in the world, we must remind ourselves that this is also our identity. This is still our mission. We are still called to hear and still called to obey God's commands. Not everyone that hears obeys, but we can. Not everyone that suffers endures, but we can. And here's the tricky part. Not everyone that endures has the character of Christ, but we can. As followers of Jesus, with an identity to participate in the mission of the kingdom of God, we have been summoned by God to work in the fields. The work is plentiful. The work is hard. But the work is necessary. In our suburb, our city, in every town and city, among the sick and diseased, the harassed and the helpless, those who have been led astray are more than ready for a glimpse of the kingdom of God. That glimpse is to come from what we do because of who we are called to be. These are chaotic days. It does not matter what perspective you are taking on the current events in our country and our world at the moment. 
It's chaotic. But in the chaos, it only takes a small piece of silence to capture our attention. The Prince of Peace has come. And he is sending us into the chaos. Jesus knows the chaos we are trying to speak peace into. Then and now, God knows this moment is chaotic. And we can expect hostility to continue in various forms, leaving money and possessions behind, expecting not to be welcomed, Sodom and Gomorrah-like judgment, being in the midst of wolves, being handed over and flogged, dragged before the authorities, brother betraying brother, fathers betraying their children, children rising against parents, being hated, persecuted and forced to flee. But the one whose steadfast love endures is forever. Because Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And this is the chaotic world into which God continues to send a spirit-filled church. You and I, in the name of Jesus. If we do the transforming work that heals, restores and reconciles, we participate in kingdom work. What kingdom work looks like, we can't be fully sure yet. It's as scary as it is exciting. Kingdom work could actually be as simple as staying on hold for over half an hour to ensure someone is okay. Or spending time with someone you know who is struggling. Kingdom work is likely to make us uncomfortable. And we need to build our foundations on Jesus to ensure that we are ready to be used. The history of the people of God is that God will use all spirit-filled creation, every follower and believer, to bring about the kingdom. Kingdom work was and is never normal. We are not going back to normal. We are going forward to revival and the revelation of God that we are called to show and share to all nations starting with right where we are right now. Amen.